You can't see this now, but I'm signing to Bobby that Walter's a bitch. Actually, I think he goes more like... Hey guys, welcome back to Capacity Geek, where today we are doing round two of our Let's Fight About It film series. And today, we're going to be discussing Walter's pick for a scary movie, 2016's Netflix film, Hush. Welcome back to the show, guys. Hey, thanks. Thanks. Bobby, you have a... You're going to be breaking one of our spirits. I already do that on a daily basis. Well, not mine. So, Walter, since this is the film you chose, I'm going to let you lead into the discussion. Uh, The floor is yours. Alright, Hush is a 2016 Netflix original film. It got wide praise upon release. It didn't get much... (laughs) It got a lot of critical praise, but not a lot of hype. And I found out about it through a YouTube video I saw on, like, Hidden Gems on Netflix. And I watched it, and I was blown away by the amount of suspense they could pack into just a short hour and 20 minutes. And the the work they do with the sound and the utter lack of dialogue in the movie, but still just such a tense, suspenseful atmosphere hooked me right from the start. So, what did you guys think of the movie? You know, I kind of really liked it. Um, Home Invasion, I'll be honest, is kind of a touchy subject for me. I've never actually had a Home Invasion scenario, but there was one time in college where the locks on my apartment didn't work for about a day, and just that night I couldn't sleep because every sound that I heard, everything that was happening, I just imagined someone was able to come in. So, home invasion is actually one of my biggest phobias. So, it kind of got me in that sense of looking at it. I've also been afraid since childhood of just randomly going blind or deaf. Uh, Fear now, that's a little more rational for me, because obviously it doesn't exactly work that way. You can't just magically wake up deaf one day. Or blind, at least that's what I keep telling myself. But, yeah, it definitely hit me with that phobia sense of things. It was really fun. Admittedly, you know, just, uh, it was really fun, a really fun film to watch. And, uh, you know, I actually did kind of like it somewhat. Bobby? I quite enjoyed it. There were a couple things in the film that they did really well. And just a few tropes that I didn't like whatsoever. Like, uh, sort of near the end of the film, there's a scene where the victim, I guess you could call her, is trying to escape and create a distraction from the rooftop by throwing a flashlight into the woods. Now... I know we're not living in a perfect world, but I would just like to imagine that at some point in time, there will be a movie where the villain doesn't fall for it. Did he fall for it, though? He fell for it, and then he came back. Okay, I was going to say, because it was very quick of the shot of him walking towards the flashlight and him coming back. I like to think he didn't maybe make it all the way, and he realized, oh, this is a trick, and she's trying to leave. Yeah, but you'd think, like, at this point in time, 
the victim's gonna try that, and the antagonist is gonna be like, nah, honey, that's not how this works. But, you have to think of it from the standpoint of, he expressed that he was going to screw with her before doing anything. So, he could've, that could've just been a whole thing of him making her think he fell for it, while really he was just gonna turn right back around, knowing she was trying to escape. Oh yeah, and that was uh, something I was wondering. Like, what was his motive here? Was he just a killer? Is he a thief? Because he does take stuff from his victims. He takes phones. He took earrings from one of the neighbors that he ends up killing his first victim in this. But uh, we see that he takes her earrings, which later tips off the victim's boyfriend later on that he is not what he seems from what I can gather at least cause there's not much background there was never a hush to or anything the guy was just he was just a killer who took a trophy from each of his victims that could also be a that could also be a thing definitely he takes the earrings and I think he takes the phone from the boyfriend but um you know, I did kind of like at the end where she's just going through all the different scenarios. It really goes back to her mother being the voice in her head. But if I'm mistaken, I think that's actually her voice, not her mother's. I don't think anybody's cast as her mother in this. No, they don't really show the mother. I think it is her voice, but they could probably pass it off as, oh, that's what her mother sounded like the last time she had heard her. Right. And, you know, there is a scene where, uh, right when she's going through the scenario, it's the first scenario where she imagines trying to run away and he easily just bloodily massacres her. And uh, I thought for a second, because she's a writer in this movie, I definitely thought that this was her book, the one that she was stuck on, the ending. She... You know, this was all our imagination. It was just a part of her book. But uh, that didn't end up being the case. This all was really real. It's, It was uh, less cerebral than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's definitely a psychological horror, but not in that kind of way. It's more, it plays with your senses, plays with hearing, plays with sight. Right, which I didn't really... I, I feel like it didn't really follow the whole... Uh, aspect of her perspective being no sound at all uh, because we hear her breathing right. and we hear some things it seems like things are more muffled when they do that but I feel like it should have just been total silence yeah I think I think that's the one thing that could have helped that but either way I thought especially the scenes where it was from her perspective were very tense right Definitely. And, you know, um, there was a lot of Apple product placement in this. Like, everybody has an iPhone, I think, and obviously the use of FaceTime. And that was, like, the one thing that annoyed me about this entire film. The FaceTime or the Apple? The Apple. The Apple, yeah. But I mean, to be fair. To be fair. To be, to be fair! fair. It was, it, 
it was a very good way to like get her being able to communicate with people that she's not directly there with. Right. Especially with the FaceTime. But, Walter, it could have just been a Skype call. Yes. Yes, it very much could have been. Every phone these days, are they can video chat. But, but you see, the thing is, if it was a Skype call, it would technically just be Microsoft product placement. You're right. You're right. There's too many evils. There is too many evils. Too many cooks in this kitchen. Another thing I really enjoy about the movie is how he was writing out his messages to her and how you would see them from one perspective then you'd see them from her perspective like as she's reading it. What messages? Where the messages he would write on the window. Or on, she was writing or messages. The, they, she she used her lipstick. And her blood. He was writing too. I don't think he wrote anything. Yes, he did. What did he write? I don't remember exactly what, but I know he did. I don't think he wrote anything, because I just remember the lipstick and the blood. I think she was, because he could just say things and um, uh, she would read his lips. But I did like that scene where she does write in lipstick. Uh, she writes something like, I didn't see your face, I won't tell anybody, boyfriend will be home soon. He sees that just removes the mask that he's wearing like he knows that he's set on doing that and that was cold because now she does know his face and now he does have a reason to kill her yeah it seems like the character of the killer really had no motivation beyond I'm just going to kill this person which that's it's a, a very sort of common motivation, but not one you see a lot anymore. You saw it a lot more in, like, the 70s with the slasher movies. Halloween, I mean, definitely, Michael Myers just kills his sister to kill his sister. I feel like, though, that the killer had more motivation. He at least knew enough about his victim to know that she's deaf and mute. Because he actually asked, hey, can you read my lips? Right, He yeah. didn't say, like, oh, hey, can you hear me? He does make that connection to her later when I'm, um, uh, He does make that connection when he's just knocking on the glass and she doesn't hear her, hear him. She doesn't hear him. But it kind of seems like he got that confirmed for him later when the boyfriend says that she's deaf and mute. It seemed like a light bulb went off in his head, and that seemed a little confusing because... He's been messing around with her this whole time. He didn't put that together? I think he figured deaf, but he didn't figure mute. Right. And, you know, this cockiness kind of does become his downfall. Because in a very just daredevil kind of way, when he's behind her in the bathtub, he's like, oh, I'm going to make you scream. And, like, just the vibration of his mouth, um, uh, of his... The vibration of his voice just ruffles her hair a second, and then she just backslashes him. And that kind of gives her the upper hand for a little bit. Yeah, it it takes away a leg the way that her falling on the roof took away a leg for her. So right. they were kind of on even playing ground again. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Okay, so... 
help me figure this one out. After that scene where she backslashes him and runs to the kitchen, there's a can of hornet spray on the floor. Yeah. Where did that come from? I think it came from her cabinet. But we never saw her take it out of the cabinet. We never saw it get to the floor. Why was there just hornet spray on the floor? She could have hornet problems in... Like right outside her kitchen. I just, I just feel like we're missing a scene or something. Unless one of you guys remembers a scene where she uses hornet killer. I don't think she, because like the entire time she was just cooking and failing at it. Right. Oh god, and that, that food looked good. The ram, the lamb, and it looks like she was making a nice risotto. Risotto is pretty good if you yeah. don't burn it. Yeah, that food, that food looked pretty good yeah. un- until she burned it. True that, true that. Okay, well, um, why don't we, uh, alright, so is there anything else we talk about before we compare the films? I like how they tied in the beginning and end of the film with a point with the smoke alarm that went off when she burnt the food and how she used that to get a big advantage over the guy towards the end. Right. And kind of my question, why did she make so much food if she lives alone? She had like four or five pots cooking. She had a lack. She might have been setting up a date night for her and her boyfriend who never showed up. Slash, she she kind of cut ties with him. Like, right. evidently nobody likes Craig. Yeah, we don't learn a lot about Craig. I half expected Craig to show up at the house and save the day at the end, but... Nope. Or she could she could have also been uh like expecting her neighbor and her the boyfriend who both end up getting, you know, murdered to yeah, come over for dinner. Maybe. I don't know. I just feel like she was cooking a lot of food just for herself because it did seem like those two had plans to order in later. Or and something like, like that. As much as I like the idea of meal planning, I don't think I'd be able to eat lamb and risotto for Oh, it's such a filling dish. It's a really good dish, though. Alright, so, Bobby, we're going to give you the floor for a little bit. I want you to talk a little bit about each films, and then after that I'll ask you your final verdict. Alright. So, with Trick or Treat, we had a fun-filled film with a lot of different twists and turns, a la M. Night Shyamalan, but more fun. Because, let's face it, The Village was not a fun movie to watch. Um, and then you have Hush, which, while not fun, it is a psychological horror film. And when it comes down to horror, I do enjoy psychological horror overall as much as I don't do horror. So, for Trick or Treat, I feel like that movie didn't do anything wrong in the slightest. While with Hush... They're, they did a lot right, and a lot of stuff that, me personally, I'm not a director or anything, but I feel like it could have been done better. Alright, so who are you giving the point to? Now, here's the thing about both films. Both of them are so, like, they're not even, like, remotely close to similar. So I feel like in this case, it's going to have to be a tie, just for the fact that... They're on two completely separate spectrums. Like, if you haven't seen either film, they are, like, not even... 
like not even on the same part of the board. So for this episode, it's going to have to be a tie. Well, there you have it, folks. We have a tie for our first Let's Fight About It. How anticlimactic. Yeah, thanks a lot, Bob. Jeez. Hey, man, pick two similar movies. I might be able to, like, you know, give somebody a point. Well, to be fair, it is To be not... fair. To be fair. To be fair. Anyway. In my defense, it is the month of Halloween, so I'd assume somebody picked a more, you know... Halloween-esque film. You gave horror, and psychological horror fits into the bill of horror. Read the room, Walter. Read the room. Alright, Bobby, well, thanks for that. See, I got to destroy two two people's spirits today. Yeah, yeah, you definitely did. So, uh, join us next week for our Halloween episode, where we are going to be reading... Pages from the original scary stories that tell in the dark. As well as looking at a few creepypastas from over the internet. Till then, thanks for joining me, guys. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having us. Alright, see you next time. We went under 20 minutes with this recording and Trick or Treat was about 30 minutes, so I win. Hey! Alright, welcome back to the show, and welcome back to Extra Bits. Bobby, I think you wanted to have a little bit of a discussion on a topic. What do you got? So, this is like a totally on-the-toilet thought. Just, you know, that disclaimer. You notice how there's a lot of companies now that are coming out with their own, like, hard seltzer? Right. There has to be somebody to blame for that. Like White Claw and... uh... Ain't no laws when there's claws. I'm I'm pretty sure White Claw was the first one. No, no. Are you sure? Truly. Oh. Then we can truly blame them. Like, I enjoy them, but like, I feel like this is somebody's fault. Yeah, we don't need this many hard sparkling waters in the world. Anybody want some uh, hard, sparkling, natty light? Because that's a thing now. No, nobody does. Ew. Now, here's the thing, boys. I kind of actually like alcoholic spite. I actually kind of like alcoholic... I kind (laughs) of actually like alcoholic sparkling water. I've been on a diet recently, and I've been steadily losing weight. And, uh... You know, a nice white claw or something like that is really good. I could have a couple drinks and I can, you know, not feel guilty about it because it's very few calories, no carbs, no sugars. You know, it's just, you know, I'm a bit of a mixer person. I don't really like beers, so it kind of works for me. And I've always liked sparkling water over regular. It's just I like the carbonation in it. I mean, I do have to say that I do enjoy them. But the oversaturation of the market is absolutely absurd at this point. And Natty Light, just why? Yeah, that's fair. Like, and I low key want to try it, but no. why? No. no, I will not allow you to. Well, anything else you want to add about this? 
Also, Four Loco, Hard Sparkling Water. It's, right, that's a that's a thing. It's gonna be like what ten percent alcohol. Yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> Thanks, Walter. I was really trying to like forget about that. All right. Well, with that discussion out of the way, I guess we can safely say that sparkling water is now the official beverage of Capacity Geek Podcast. See you next week, everybody. Walter, hand me a loud water. Think of a heft on your shoulders. Bobby, you have quite a big job today. You're going to be either breaking one of our spirits. I mean, somebody has to. Hold on, I'm going to say that again. Bobby, you have quite the job today. You're going to be in charge of letting... (laughs) Already into the show for a minute and we're doing this. Okay. Bobby, you have a big job today. It's one of the victims boyfriends that's though. what i'm saying it's the the earring one i said he took the earring from the girl and then her boyfriend figured it out later no 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 the guy that came in was the boyfriend of the one that he actually killed right he, he that's took what her he's earring. saying okay i'm just trying to clear this up <laughs> he took her earring anyway yeah i from what i can Sorry, gather we'll, we'll delete that and we'll at least put a blooper reel. Okay. To be fair, to be fair, to be fair, then to be fair altogether. Okay. We're going to blooper all these out except one of those, but... I but, swear to fucking God. But. But. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Um, both films did restart. Yep. So with Trick or Treat, they had fuck. They had fuck. They, <laughs> they, they had fuck. This episode notes. is brought you is brought to you by fuck. They had. Fuck. Ask your parents what it means. <laughs> Ding.